This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. Uh, She's a dancer, a singer, a producer, a big sci-fi fan, and several other nouns, I'm sure. It's Claudia Dolph. Gin drinker? (laughs) Gin drinker? (laughs) I really hope that picked up clearly. On the mic that you're just taking a sip of your gin. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Now, we're friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of my selection of, of nouns to introduce you? Is that a, a good That's, representation? Yeah, Did absolutely. I miss any big ones? Uh, I mean, there's been others along the way. Bartender, <laughs> server. Yeah. Uh, singer, right? Yeah, singer. Uh, I would say writer. Nice. Um, I've roller skated. <laughs> roller skater? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. I do a lot. Yeah. I'm very tired. I talk to a lot of people who are tired. Uh, this is an evening recording uh-huh. session. Uh, you have some gin, I have some beer. Uh, but I also talk to a lot of people who do so many different things, because I think I just know people who, who like, I'm really excited by so many things, I want to try yeah. them all, and we're also in this sort of the gig economy. You that, have to kind of, yeah. 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 You so, have to create the stuff for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen you create lots of different stuff for yourself, yeah. live shows, and uh, you know, kind of being an internet personality, and commenting on, on media and everything. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of useless stuff, so. But it's becoming <laughs> it's more useful <laughs> every day, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what do you consider yourself now? Like, uh, what is your main thing that you want to do if you could just wave your hand and be like this is what i'm doing full time what would it be um well i guess that would fall under the umbrella of producer then i mean i like creating things i like bringing an ensemble together obviously you've done my variety show yeah that's one of my favorite things in the world to do just because i like to see i like to see the joy that all my talented friends give to each other and then give to the audience and then that community and how that's grown and developed and so um and then on top of that is i started a a production company with my friend sandy and we are in pre-production for a horror film right now that is written by our friend kelly breslin who is a writer on midnight texas and she's gonna be a first-time director oh cool and so we've like put that into the umbrella as well that's huge yeah yeah Yeah. it's not a small thing to produce no movie but it's such a cool idea and it's and she wants to direct it so we're gonna we're we're in the in the pre pre-production stages of it okay. going through rewrites and stuff so when you picture yourself producing a movie mm-hmm. are, you, are you gonna be there on set are you just gonna be in the back saying yes or no to financial things oh like, no producer can be anything right no i'm definitely like we're definitely gonna be on set <laughs> probably don't want me to be like the financial go-to person <laughs> i mean i'll assist but i'll get like a like somebody who does that who a does. line producer or an ep who yeah. is you know we'll surround ourselves with some good people that know what they're doing <laughs> you know the lingo you're a great producer like, i need my line producer you know that line producer that does those things <laughs> i need a craft services person get over here uh can we afford this baloney great good to know oh the bar's here guys <laughs> that's what a producer does right that's what so, i do for my other shows you like producing and I you do. like alcohol so it makes sense <laughs> that your obsession uh, would be what it is uh you've been on the podcast before but this yeah. is uh, the first time we've done one-on-one yeah and you picked for your obsession mm-hmm. i i said give me some few options you're like no it's showgirls period well, I didn't. Did I say period? You didn't say I period. I said I could come up with something else, but showgirls, yeah. It's, but why? It's... Because it's your obsession. 
It, because it's my obsession. Yeah. 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 So for people who have never seen Showgirls, who've maybe, maybe just heard about it or just like uh, don't even know it's a movie and think that we meant you were obsessed with actual Showgirls. Uh, well, kind of that too. I mean, you, I guess you'd have to be to yeah. enjoy the film on any level. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll get right into it. Uh, so after you sip your gin, <laughs> I am going to ask you to mm-hmm. describe... Just very briefly, very basically what Showgirls is for people who are like, I I don't even know what that is. Okay. Well, essentially, it's a movie that uh, came out in 1995. It's about a very graceful young ingenue (laughs) by the name of Nomi Malone, who uh, dreams of becoming a professional dancer. And so to achieve that dream, she decides to go to Vegas. Where all dancers go. That's where Brishnikov got its start, (laughs) Vegas. Well, listen, I I mean, being a former dancer myself, I have actually lots of friends and I have auditioned myself for shows in Vegas. It is like a, I don't, I wouldn't say it's like the epitome of a dancer's dream to go there. Right. But But you can make a a very good, you can make a very good living there and like buy a house. Yeah. You say, yeah. In Vegas. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so it is all about her dream. But her dream to, to get there and everything that happens in between. And then, you know, there's other stuff that happens. Like, you know, she's not really who she says she is, but I don't want to give away the ending. Oh, well, <laughs> it, it, it was made in 1995. I hope you can. Yeah. So, Awuga spoilers. We're going to spoil <laughs> the movie from 1995. Yeah. Don't, don't, if some spoilers come out in our discussion, don't worry about and it. And I will also say it's probably going to be pretty explicit. Okay. Because it's a very aggressive and. Yeah. It's and, like hard movie like it looks beautiful and fluffy and kind of and i think people get the idea that it's campy yeah but there's some there's some hard stuff that happens in it yeah it was an nc-17 movie right nc-17 made a big splash for that yeah yeah and it didn't um i mean people hated it people (laughs) hated it i think I, i remember the drama behind it and i think that was kind of like the because because it was 95, I just got, you know, I was finally driving on my own. So actually, all the movies of 1995 are very special to me because oh, I right. was able to finally, like, drive myself and, and get to a movie by myself because I didn't have any friends. So I just go to the movie theater and, like, watch all these movies. I mean, and it was an ep for, I mean, still to me, some epic movies happened that year. Yeah. Um. So I think that was sort of the fantasy, too, of, like, or, like, the, the, the excitement of that movie it was that it was NC-17. And then there was all this stuff going around about it and i sort of had that rebellious spirit in my own self of like well i'm gonna go see it yeah it's and it's it, supposed it's to be really dancers. edgy it's gonna be dirty there's gonna be boobs like <laughs> and yeah. and was it affecting you that it was bombing if you saw it actively in the theater people were already being like oh my god and were you like i don't i'll, I'll go judge for myself yeah uh, absolutely okay and then also being a, a fan of twin peaks i knew Kyle mclaughlin was in it yeah and i was like that's awesome and Elizabeth Berkeley, who had grown up seeing on Saved by the Bell, she's in it, and I knew she was trying to break out. I'm like, I'm going to support my my Jesse Spano. Like, yeah, she's trying to she's trying to you know grow up in the business. Might <laughs> uh, take it off all her clothes. Hugely into being grown up after Saved by the Bell. Yeah, it is a fascinating Saved by the Bell Twin Peaks mashup. <laughs> you didn't even know you wanted it. I didn't know I wanted it. Uh, I was very intrigued because I was a huge Kyle MacLachlan fan when mm-hmm. it came out, and I heard all of the. Uh, swirling rumors about it and yeah. you know it uh, was 
it was like one of the the movies that was in that boom where screenwriters were being paid an insane amount just for yes. like the log line. Didn't uh, yes, screenwriter House. got like two million dollars before yeah. he put a single word down just yeah. on like here's what we're gonna do and it's yeah. gonna be amazing. Well, and you also have to think about Paul Verhoeven, who's the director, like what he had just come off of too. I mean, like he made so many hits before that, so why wouldn't they just give him free yeah. reign of whatever he wanted to do? Well, we're in this. This is before Starship Troopers, right? Yeah. Start. So we should actually probably talk about Verhoeven for a minute yeah sure he's like yeah especially like what he had just made yeah context is because I mean he came off Total Recall and Robocop and Basic Instinct Basic Instinct was right before Showgirls and Basic Instinct was a huge hit I mean I think it grossed like 350 million dollars or something like that it was enormous yeah so for him and Esther House to come off of that you know they were I think they were supposed to actually work on something else from what I recall, I think they were supposed to work on something with Arnold Schwarzenegger again, but that fell through. Like the company that was supposed to, that was financing it went bankrupt, and then they went, "Well, we have this other script." Yeah, and they was like, "Okay," and he wanted to do a lot of rewrites. Verhoeven is very like a very thoughtful director. He's a very smart guy. You know, he's got this math and science background. And it's actually, like, I think the more I've heard him speak over the years, like, that, I think that's probably what endears the movie more to me, because I understand what he was trying to do with it. And okay. I don't think, necessarily think American audiences really got what he was, what his okay. goal was. And I, uh, so, so he, you know, he, he spent a lot of, you know, thought into what it was going to be, and I, I, I don't know if he necessarily, if... Um, Elizabeth Berkeley necessarily knew the movie that she was in. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah, I mean, that that's a theme that comes up a lot with movies like this that yeah. have sort of a confusing genesis. Yeah. Like, uh, I just rewatched it because I did a guest thing on a podcast about Flash Gordon. Yeah. And, like, right. you know, that movie's weird because there are three or four different ideas about yeah. what's going on while it's being made. Yeah. So that was a case with Showgirls, too, of, like... I think so. And Verhoeven wanted to turn it into more of, like, a murder mystery thing, sort of, like, all a basic instinct. But they were just like, let's just do it. Let's just make it. Okay. You know, Esther House will do his little tweaks or whatever. <laughs> Two million dollars worth of tweaks. They, may, they should have, yeah, maybe spent a little time on... Um, because the dialogue, again, like, we can get into that a little bit, but it's so aggressive at times and very shocking and... Um, how he writes women is is very strange. Okay. Um, but uh, so rewind a little bit. So when they're casting the movie, I just you have to think about this. Charlize Theron was actually supposed to do it. Okay. Elizabeth Berkeley's part. Yeah. So Charlize, an amazing dancer, like classically trained ballet dancer, uh, a great actress. But at the time, she had no name. Like right. I think she had done like Children of the Corn Eight or something like that. That was it. <laughs> That's the best one. I've never seen. <laughs> I've seen them all. <laughs> um, but um, but instead, they get Elizabeth Berkley in there as well. She had more of a name. She was coming off of Saved by the Bell, so she was kind of huge at the moment. Yeah, but, but in a very different way. In a very different way, and she wasn't a dancer. So I just wonder, and I just think, like, had Charlize gotten it? I mean, Verhoeven is very clearly like, I'm glad that she didn't get it. I'm glad that she, <laughs> you know, her career definitely didn't take the plunge like Elizabeth Berkley's did. You yeah. know, like she went on to obviously win Oscars and things like that. But but I still, I wonder if it would, wouldn't have been, if maybe they hadn't have gotten that NC-17 and maybe they had gotten the lead to kind of understand more what 
the movie was. Yeah, that it would have turned out differently. Yeah. Well, let me go back to your, because uh, you're obviously a wealth of knowledge about it, and we'll get into a little bit of the, the movie, but I want to understand your perspective. So you see it in the theater, mm-hmm. alone, full of pride that you drove there. <laughs> and what is your initial reaction to the movie? Are you like, are you confused by it? Do you think it's a misunderstood masterpiece? Do you hate it? I didn't hate it. I don't remember hating it. I don't I I remember just being fascinated with because it's beautifully shot. Like it looks good. Yeah. I love Gina Gershon and she was I didn't really know her before that. Loved Kyle MacLachlan. I mean like and there are parts of it that I was kind of like, oh, you know, like as a 17-year-old going, huh. Is that mm. is that how one actually has sex in a pool? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe that informed me. <laughs> In a not-so-good way, because I'm like, because at that point, I think that was another thing, too. It's like, it was like this kind of, like, erotica movie, and I was not, like, I had never been on a date. I'd never kissed anybody at that point, but I was a very horny teenager. Like, you are, as you're 17. I read lots of books, like, clinical books about sex and, like, how it's supposed to be done. (laughs) And I was like, I'll go see this, and this will teach me. The woman gets in a pool and splashes as much as possible, while Kyle McLaughlin looks very confused. Just sits there. Just sits there. (laughs) That's how it works in the books. Uh, So, obviously, you were... uh, Well, that's an interesting part of it to me, if you don't mind uh, me asking, because it's kind of personal. Was it... Was it titillating because obviously there is a lot of nudity well, there the nudity is a lot of sex is, yeah. but it is but it does have but this weird attitude toward right, women it's and not, sexuality it's not it's very erotic aggressive. and it's not sexual yeah or it, it, like at all so were you like huh yeah i was i supposed to be excited by this I'm yeah not? yeah and then it's like oh I, all i can all i can focus on is elizabeth berkeley's bad feet <laughs> like, like she's sickling here i don't i don't like it <laughs> so it makes it very anti-sexual. So you were turned off <laughs> turned even turned sexually off. as a dancer. You're like, no, that's I the wrong position like, for no, your no, feet. No, no, no. It was like, no, 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 like arch this way. Okay. Um, <laughs> so there's parts of it. And, you know, it, also you get kind of judgmental about it, you know, as being a, a dancer. Like, well, I could do better than that. Okay. Like, you know, things like that. So yeah. I didn't, I don't, I didn't have like a bad reaction to it. And I was kind of confused. But at that point in my life, I think I was kind of confused about a lot of things that people were really upset about. Like, I grew up in the church with really conservative people and okay. family around me. And so I would hear all of this stuff all the time and kind of question and go, really? Are we really? Is it really that really, bad? Yeah. Yeah. Stressing yeah. about this? Like, yeah. yeah it doesn't seem like... I, I don't know why it was NC-17. Honestly, like, you could see this stuff on cable at this point you know? yeah there must have been just some like specific real fine line stuff because didn't i was reading on wikipedia today to prepare for this that he for the video release he made like a r-rated one that's like three minutes shorter or something like that it's like and like what three minutes is that the yeah. scene maybe you take that out I yeah yeah which is yeah uh so you had this sort of, you just sort of took it in which i think we do in our youth which yeah. i think comes up a lot in pop culture discussions yeah. where like yeah, if you're older in pop culture, you'll real, really poke holes at, at new movies. But a movie you saw when you're a kid, you're just like, you just accept because yeah. it's just on offer and you take it. Yeah. And as, as you get older, then you're like, every time you sit down, you're like, well, let me make my judgment whether this is acceptable. Right. But you just let it wash over you. Yeah. And I'm kind of happy with, and even at that point, like with any movie that embraces dancing and hires dancers. Yeah. Like I was like, this is a cool thing. Right. All those dancers got cast. And I knew who the director or the choreographer was because she had just done striptease. 
who I now know personally. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so I wanted to see her stuff too, you know, yeah. like I'm there to support the whole, yeah. you know, okay. whole shebang. So when does it become close to your heart? Like the phenomenon of the movie is it bombs, it comes out on home video and people become fascinated with it as a cult thing. Yes. Uh, the same way many, like almost like plan, super sexy plan nine from outer space. Like, yeah. So bad it's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when when in that process do you discover it and fall in love with it? Um, I I suppose I like it came back into my life like once I moved out and of my parents' house and like started collecting on my own like collecting yeah. like the movies that I really love and then a few years ago probably I don't know when the the special edition Blu-ray came out with commentary. Ooh. Um, I think probably ten fifteen years ago. Anyways, I got that, and then ever since then, and I also, at the time, started doing the show Will Rogers Follies with this group of girls who are still my friends, and so every holiday we get together, and we still do, and we watch it every yeah. single holiday with the commentary now, though, <laughs> because it's so good. It's so good. Okay, so are you obsessed with showgirls, showgirls or are you obsessed with showgirls with commentary? A little bit of a both. A little bit of both. Well, because okay. the great thing about the commentary is that they could not get anybody from the actual film to do the commentary. Nobody I don't know would. if I've talked to you about no, this. No, no. Yeah. Um, they couldn't get anybody um, from the actual film to do the commentary. So they got this guy. His name is David Sh- uh, Schmader. And he's based in Seattle. He's a writer. But he's also done like um, one person shows and stuff like that. But he's written a lot of critiques about quote unquote bad movies. Um, but he also would do these screenings of showgirls and comment over it. And he's very funny. Okay. And he's a great sort of, you know, eye for the audience, like saying exactly what we're all thinking as these different crazy things happen in the movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we can't watch it without him now. Yeah. He's so good. Okay. So yeah. is it is it uh, is there some element of classic commentary where he's like, this is why they filmed here, yeah. or this is why they made yeah, that yeah, choice? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so it's that mixed and with then, some riffing. And then with some riffing and some personal just like, oh, no me. Like just little, <laughs> little things like when she would do something, you know, like just little moments here and there. Right, so it invites you to be a part of the club yeah. of people who know, yeah. who feel this is bad, but are still kind of yeah. fascinated by it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so is that how you appreciate it then? As it, do you believe that it exists as camp, as satire? I don't believe necessarily that it is it exists as camp, and I think that's probably like the countless interviews and and things that I've read about Verhoeven and his and his uh, perspective on it, and also the other cast. Like Colin McLaughlin won't speak of it ever. You won't I, ever see. I wrote down a quote. He spoke oh, of it he at did? least once. It's really great. Oh yeah, read it. because yeah. he does not like to. He doesn't like to talk about it. Yeah, I wrote it down because I know we're both Twin Peaks fans, mm-hmm. uh, and it just is such a great quote. He says, "I was absolutely gobsmacked." He's describing seeing it on the premiere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. I yes. was absolutely gobsmacked. I said, "This is horrible, horrible," and it's a very slow sinking feeling when you're watching the movie, and the first scene comes out, and you're like. Oh, that's a really bad scene. <laughs> but you say, well, that's okay. The next one will be better. And you somehow try to convince yourself that it's going to get better. <laughs> Ellipsis. And it just gets worse. <laughs> so I thought that was really an interesting insight on like the actors. Like, hey, we're with, as you described, Verhoeven. Yeah. We're not sure what we're doing, but like somebody but like Kyle MacLachlan is like protective about it, and of course, again, very thoughtful. I mean, he's very specific yeah. about how he sees things and what he represents. Like his idea for the whole movie was that it wasn't camp, but it was just this hyperbolic um, 
uh, uh, idea of Las Vegas and how oh, Las right. Vegas is like this thing that is so artificial and kind of beautiful on the outside and just dirty and gross and awful on the inside. Yeah, I so, can see that so, goal in this movie. Yeah, yeah. so it, he was like, you know, maybe it was my my philosophy and my approach to how it was shot and filmed. And he take he and he's always he's often apologized and feels bad because he Elizabeth Berkeley got a lot of crap out of this movie. Like she lost her agents, she basically lost her career. You know, um, there's a lot of aggressiveness in this movie. Her performance being one of them, it just kind of makes no sense. But he said, and he cops to, I directed her that way. That was my choice. Yeah, because. She, I pictured her as somebody who has borderline personality and all this kind of stuff that maybe should have been written earlier in the script because you yeah. don't know that she's a felon and all this stuff until the very end of the movie. Yeah. And that she's had drug issues and stuff like that. Never is that discussed in the movie until the very end. Right. I've like, only seen it once, but it's, you kind of start out with like she is the prototypical striving artist, young striving yeah. Stars and stars in their so, eyes. So artists, she's just right? like she just her reactions to everything are so bonkers. It's like they're just asking you a question. Like you don't have to throw French fries everywhere. And I just now remember you're wasting that, food. Wasting food. I remember that scene where she's eating a cheeseburger, yeah. and I didn't believe. There's the first time I was like, "We all know how to eat. You can just eat in front of a camera, right?" And like I don't believe you're eating <laughs> yeah. a cheeseburger. And yeah. I was like, yeah. And he's saying, like, even that, like, he was like, eat I, a cheeseburger weird. And she's yeah. like, sure, I will. Yeah. And she was just, yeah. And I think she totally was comfortable. And see, this is a director. I'm 23 years old. What am I, you know, yeah. like, I'm sure she totally felt, you know, like he knew what he was doing, which I think he did. I just, I, I just don't know. I think it probably could have been written better. I mean, it seems like Gina Gershon is kind of the only person who really gets the movie that she did. And when she talks about it, she, she was like, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Okay. She's like, I'm I'm in on the joke. My character's in on the joke, it, you know, it, and you buy it. And she's yeah. kind of like the person that came out, like, glorified, you know, like now she's this gay gay icon, you know. And yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's so interesting. It, it was explicitly, according to the director, not intended as a satire. Right. Because he no. goes back and forth on Starship Troopers because yes. that's been a big battle when yes. Riffrax did Starship Troopers. A lot of his fans pushed back and said, it's a satire. And like, well, right. Uh, so anyway, well, what, but that's fascinating to have two uh, two movies that uh, Starship Troopers is not as like is famously bad, right? Uh, you know, allegedly bad as Showgirls, right? But they still that's his prophecy. Yeah, but they still Starship exist in that Troopers. space where they're like uh, aggressively weird m- movies. Yeah, and. Yeah. One of them, he's kind of like, no, I, I meant that. It's a satire of, you know, Starship Troopers is a satire of war and aggression and uh-huh. propaganda. Uh-huh. And uh, no, I, I really meant Showgirl sincerely and it didn't turn out. Is weird. Yeah. To yeah. hold that position about two different movies. Right. I Yeah, it is yeah it is very interesting. He um, What else did he say about Showgirls? Um, it'll come to me in a second. But yeah, it's just interesting, his perspective on that. And... Um, and uh, there's also one character in the movie who is the only good person in the movie and gets violently raped. Yeah, which probably yeah, which which was about. another thing that he de- de- decided. Well, it was another way I wanted to show um, what Las Vegas can do to you, even if you're a good person. Yeah, and that's one of those moments, and that's one of those points in the movie. It's like, well. 
maybe <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Maybe that didn't need to be, you know. Uh, and, and I mean, honestly, uh, uh, and that scene is why I have, have never watched the movie again. Because, like, the first part of the film, I kind of, there, there's obviously, you know, kind of rough stuff to my memory. But I can enjoy oh, it I as I can camp. remind you. Uh, <laughs> but, that yeah, that scene is just, like, so... Uh, uh, it feels like so cheapening and, and the incredibly and sensitive yeah. uh, subject matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good thing about watching it with commentary is that right before we get to that part, David Spader always goes, we don't watch this. This is where you turn it off. You fast forward. We're going to go get a drink break. We're going to go do this. And then we're oh, going to come back to it. Awesome. Even yeah. more sort of community uh, guidance. Of here's how to yeah. I- embrace this thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so at this point, then it, it's explicitly not a satire according to the director. You, how do you feel it? What do you think it is? Is it just like a a bad movie that is mostly so bad it's good? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I guess, it, I, yeah. I just, um, it, it, it's still, it, it's a lot of with all the the darkness and the sh- the shocking dialogue and the things that happen in it. It still is so much fun and so cheeky that. I mean, it, and also the fact that we've watched it with commentary now for the past 10 years, yeah. you know, it, it, it makes it a lot easier, I guess, and a lot more accessible than I guess if I were just to watch it for the first time again Yeah, as a yeah. person now. Do you have yeah. rituals like uh, for your parties, <laughs> the the Rocky Horror type? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. aggressively eat cheeseburgers? It's mo- <laughs> well, it's mostly, and David Schmader comments on this, for some reason they've written that the women in this film only enjoy talking about nails when they're together or eating chips or discussing where the chips are or like hand over those chips. So because of her whole flailing scene with the french fries, you always have french fries there. And then somebody brings bags of chips. And so that's sort of our themes, ghetto. Oh. Yeah. So is there... Um, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so if I am, tell me to shut up. Okay. Is there an empowerment in... This is a dumb treatment of women, and I'm getting together with friends and laughing at how stupid and surface it is? Oh, for sure. There's probably an aspect to it. Yeah, for sure. And also... It's just fascinating that somebody would write some of the stuff that happens in there and write women that way. It's yeah. just like, what did Schmader say? He says something to the tune, like they're writing them as like Martians who are also animatronics. Like they're just like, <laughs> they're not human women. Yeah. It's, it's bonkers all over the place. And then also as dancers, when it gets to the actual show, since we're all there, like there's little things that we nitpick of like, why are they all rushing to the stage? Why aren't they just ready? Why is it like, you've got four minutes, you got on the stage. It's like, and nobody has their whip caps on or like their lashes done. Like that's insane. No, that's you're in the Vegas, theater. baby. No, I'm like, well, maybe I'm, and I, yeah, I always try to qualify it. Like maybe there's, they had like a three show day or something. And so now they're just like getting ready for the last show. But no, you have two hours to get ready. Like yeah. that's insane. Like nobody should be rushing around like that. And then they just keep talking about the scene must have not gotten into the movie, but there's chimps at some point. And they keep talking about these chimpanzees that have eaten the garlic, <laughs> but you never see it. And so we're wondering, like, when did, why, what does garlic do to chimps? What, what is the point of this that they kept it in? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, how do you feel about this tension between, it sounds like Verhoeven intended to say, like, I want to have a story that shows you 
hey, Las Vegas isn't just this place that America kind of goes for a vacation. Yeah. It chews up and spits out people and in particular does all these awful things to women. So yeah. like, in th- it's coming from a man, but in theory it's yeah. sympathetic and revealing. Yeah. And then it sounds like the writer, for the most part, then just has them throw fries and yell about chips. Yeah. How do you feel about that? tension that it that on one hand it is trying to be empathetic and reveal something on the other hand it's being insulting and stupid well i think it i think it shows that they didn't take the time like i think verhoven is right he should have taken the time yeah to do the rewrites and to do to really pay attention to what the the message that he wanted to get across yeah because you know rushing into it and to get this thing made i i, I mean obviously it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense so, yeah i don't know yeah but you feel uh, like it sort of does it deserve its can- its place in canon is a bad movie uh, so bad that it's good. Yes, I think for sure. Yeah. I mean, as someone who has seen a lot of bad movies and then some bad movies that are just bad and people <laughs> still like, I mean, I think Boat Trip is a good example. Have you seen Boat Trip with Cuba Gooding Jr. that he made after his Oscar? Oh, no. Ugh. A oh. bad after Oscar movie is extra painful. Real bad. Yeah. I mean, I there's this. Well, we're, we've already been explicit. There's a whole scene where it's just like they're just jizzing all over their cabin room. <laughs> is there a chimp anywhere? Is there garlic? <laughs> like garlic eating chimp. <laughs> yeah, that does just sound boring. It's just yeah. It's just you know, it's gross and gratuitous. And yeah, that, and that's just bad. This, I think, you know, it's it, it's beautifully made. Yeah. The some of the content is disturbing and hard, um, but then there's also the aspect of the dance and like there's I don't know there's a lot to it. There, there's so many layers to Showgirls Joseph. <laughs> so I understand <laughs> so many things to peel back. Do you feel uh, like there is? I think a lot of uh, bad movies that are so bad they're good. That it's because you can sense this one weird human. Like, uh, The Room is all about just, yeah. wh- who is Tommy Wiseau? That's why it is funny and fascinating. Um, I, I have uh, uh, strong opinions about the prequels. I really like mm-hmm. them. It, but the parts that I think are flawed are flawed in this very specific way that came mm-hmm. from this very specific human. So it makes me interested in them. Yeah. Do you think that it's uh, all the screenwriter, the, the weirdness? No, no, I don't think it's all the screenwriter. I mean, I think it's definitely, you know, Gina Gershon talks about reading the script and thinking, oh, this is going to be so much fun. Like, she gets it right away. It's going to be hilarious and, like, whatever. But then I think legitimately Elizabeth uh, Berkeley was looking at this as, like, a serious branching off from this very innocent. So I think she took it way too seriously. No matter what Verhoeven says and that it was him that directed her to do all of this. I think it's just way too serious. Like, I I think it's her personality, too. Because later on, when she's on Dancing with the Stars, I had to watch a couple of those because yeah. I, I don't enjoy that show. I'll put that out there. But um, but Carrie Ann Inaba, who's one of the guest judges, or one of the judges on the show, was one of the dancers in Showgirls. Okay. So I was fascinated to see if they would ever talk about it, which they never did. I'm like, really, guys? Come on. Give us a little, <laughs> give us a little, like, remember those days. But she actually, but Elizabeth Barkley really does dance and move that way and carry herself that way and i think we all know from the drug scene jesse spanos hopped up on the you know whatever (laughs) like that's her acting style okay you know so i wonder i just wonder if it would be a little bit different and maybe um i don't know 
have a different vibe. Obviously, it would have a different vibe, say, if Charlize had gotten it. Yeah, yeah. Know? Would you be happy? Would this be something if you had a time machine and you could go back and put a different actor in the role and maybe move it towards this other movie that for him, for, uh, that he... <laughs> my beer. <laughs> Mother. That, that my beer had in mind. <laughs> uh, Verhoeven. That he had in mind. Or do you like it like this with the the actor coming from Saved by the Bell trying to prove something different take on the film i don't know i would i i would maybe like to sliding doors this and go back and see <laughs> you know <laughs> me and gwyneth we go we're gonna go this door now you're gonna use some goop <laughs> i don't even know what that is we're gonna put some goop on and yes, travel through some doors <laughs> um yeah it would be interesting i mean but it is kind of the fun now is like watching her flail around yeah like they're like, where are you from? Back east. Oh, we're back east. Different places. Like, good <laughs> oh, lord. They just asked a simple. Back east is very broad. <laughs> uh, if you could sit down and have a drink with any of the characters from the film, not the actors, but the characters, who would you want to meet? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think... Um, I think that I would want to sit down with um, Michelle Johnston, who plays Gay, the choreographer. Okay. Because I'm like, I would, as the character or as her? As, as the, the character. character. Yeah. I'd be like, really? We, we cast we <laughs> cast this girl who just showed up. She just showed up. I mean, there's girls that have been in the cast for years and years. Okay. Now, so Gina you'd want to hold, uh, yeah, hold yeah. their feet to the fire and yeah, say, yeah, why yeah. did you like, pass up the yeah. hardworking dancers? Yeah. And then, but you put Spaz in here, <laughs> who's terrible. Yeah, like, terrible. <laughs> well. uh, all right. How, now, I, I do want to ask you about the dancing stuff. Okay. Do you feel like there's any dance that's good where you're like, oh, that's actually kind of cool? Yeah. Or is it all I mean, just bad form? No, I, I think some of it's cool. I again, Verhoeven had this idea for that dance, and he's written essays about Goddess, the number that's in the show. Okay. But he wanted it to be just this very generic, bad, opulent Vegas show. But the dancers that are in it are, I mean, they're all like top choreographers now and like huge people. So it's good until Elizabeth Berkeley comes in. And then she's just like biscuit feet everywhere and just like, how did she get to the top? That's not possible. (sighs) But that very serious look on her face. That's the most important part of dance, I've noticed. Being many dances. seen many dances yeah it's all about the face it's uh, yeah and it's always best to just stony almost angry angry that i'm dancing yeah that's the best look for dancers for sure not emoting or anything (laughs) have you ever made a different life choice because of showgirls has it ever affected anything that you've uh, a choice about uh career yeah leaving the house (laughs) anything um Probably in small ways. I don't know if in anything in a in, in a big way, unless it was something that like affected like oh something that we did in like one of the variety shows or something like that. Okay. Like oh you know what we'll do this like goddess. <laughs> All the goddess we're gonna do this. Okay, this way. so you have uh, taken some choreographic inspiration. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> Are you just going along with that because I'm asking, or have you actually? No, done this? no, no, no. It's okay. definitely been a conversation because I use the, the girls that we watch. You know with. You know, minus Sarah, your wife. But yeah. yeah, we watch it all the time. So it's always, yeah, if we're like 
short on coming up with something. We're like, I'll oh, just do it like this. <laughs> my hands just went across my chest. <laughs> it was very, very accurate. You got the, the head jerk and everything. If there was a remake of Showgirls, would you want to be in the cast? They've done a sequel. Oh, right. But, a, I mean, a very poorly made one and not authorized. So they made an unauthorized sequel. Yeah, there's a girl. There's, oh, my God, this poor girl. She's in the original. She's Penny. I don't know if you remember the blonde with the bob. She comes in. They, I don't. They introduce her. They're like, this is Hope. And she's like, my name's not Hope. It's Penny. And they're like, Penny isn't classy. Hope is classy. That's the whole thing. Um. But this illustrates that you do have the film memorized. <laughs> yeah. Um, her name is Rena Riffle, and she took the liberties and made her own Showgirls 2, um, Pennies in Heaven. Okay. Not Hope's in Heaven. No, Pennies in Heaven. And then I think she made a trailer to a third one that says Penny Saves, Showgirls 3, Penny Saves the World. But I, don't, I haven't seen anything for that outside of a trailer. Have you seen the uh, actual sequel? Uh, parts of it. It looks like it was um, shot on a camcorder. Okay. You know. Do you, is it, so this is somebody who is just like, I was in this movie that is famous for yeah. good or ill, and I'm going to try to yeah. roll with it. Yeah. And make something new. Yeah. And now she's done that. She's done the other thing. She's tried to, there's a musical that's out there, like an unauthorized musical. She's done the musical. Like this girl is like, you know, whatever, <laughs> 20 years later, she's like still riding it. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Like, I know actors like that uh, in Star Wars because sure. there's the convention circuit yeah. or even, like, in Star Trek. You're like, yeah. once, once you touch one of these things, that's a part of your life. But, but Showgirls like, isn't even, like that. Yeah, like, Star Wars is, like, a bit, like a huge thing where you can kind of, yeah, do that. This is a one movie. <laughs> and it's not like it's attached to Total Recall or Robocop. Like, you can't, like, ride on that those coattails. But apparently she's... <laughs> she's doing it. She's doing it. She's going to save the world. Verhoeven wanted to make uh, a sequel called Bimbos. Uh, and he was like, if we could go back 20 years, uh, you know, I'd give Elizabeth Berkeley another shot. And hopefully... And I was like, with Bimbos? <laughs> yeah. They go yeah. to Hollywood in this one. Okay. And we learn how awful Hollywood is. I guess. Okay. And I was like, wouldn't that be more appropriate? It wouldn't be. I, I think it'd be fun now. She's forty six. Let's do it now. Yeah. She goes to Hollywood. She's like, Vegas is tired. <laughs> Let's see it's what a, I can do here. It's an unpleasant town. I've moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> Hi, crazy girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that. All right, but I do. I do want you but, to answer my question yes, about yes. if there if uh, if he, he was, was attached making an actual sequel and he's like, hey, I heard this podcast episode. I understand. You understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. I would like you to be in the film. Would you you do it? 100%. Okay. If he said you get to make up your character, would you you be a dancer? I mean, you are a dancer. Would you Um, want to be a dancer in the film or would you want a different role? I I would probably want a different role. So I wouldn't have to dance. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) My body says no. Okay. Right now. Okay. Um, but maybe you know, like Crystal Connor's uh, uh, sister, <laughs> who owns the uh, the local dance studio. Okay, it, <laughs> and she's like, "I got this girl." <laughs> like she's real good. Okay, so you would want to be the one who finds the next big show. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and you're Crystal Connor's sister. Yeah. So what's your first name? You're Blank Connors. Candy. Candy Connors. Mom went with C names. I could be Claudia. I could just stay with Claudia. Screw it. Maybe you could just be yourself. Like, I'm Claudia me. Dolph. 
I'm a fan of the original <laughs> film Showgirls. It's a real meta thing. In the musical, they don't call Kyle MacLachlan's character Zach, like his name is. They call him Kyle MacLachlan. <laughs> like, they just call him Zach. <laughs> I would maybe watch it again if they always called him Secret Agent Dale Cooper. Oh, my God. And never explained why. <laughs> but that would kind of make sense. Could you imagine those two worlds? I can see that. I believe I've seen, I don't think I made this joke up in my head. I think I saw it on the internet as well as thinking it. Uh, The spoilers for the third season of Twin Peaks, uh, Dale Cooper's a little unmoored in reality. And that idea that you could watch all of Kyle MacLachlan's movies and like, is this a weird adventure lost in time and reality? Is this another universe that uh, Dale Cooper is accidentally visiting when he's in Flintstones? Oh my God. Oh my God. He was in Flintstones. Yep. And the doors. Oh yeah. Listen, I like the doors. Okay. <laughs> Podcast just, tops. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. So okay. do you think about showgirls every day? I would say yes. I would say there's probably a text or two that happens every single day with either, you know, some sort of reference to it between okay. the girls. Yeah. And it, that's just because it's a part of your community of friends. It's and just it's how just... we talk to each other now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that is that uh, just a celebration of the stupidity of the movie or is it more a celebration of this community that you formed around watching this Bad oh, movie. probably more about like the community that we've okay. created around this movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's never like <laughs> that dumb thing, although there is a little. Well, okay, maybe it's both. <laughs> Every once in a while, something new yeah. occurs to you, and you have to yeah. let them know, like this is dumb too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you go to a three day showgirls convention? Like, I mean, like a Comic Con, but it's just for showgirls, where that woman who made the sequel would be the main guest. Oh, she it's probably her Comic-Con. It's a guest it's of honor. Like, <laughs> Showgirls the Comic-Con. Yes. <laughs> Penny's Penny's all What does she say? She calls herself Penny Slots at one point. That's good. Um, <laughs> um yeah. I think we would all go. I think it would be a fun like girls weekend yeah. kind of a but that's taking it a step. Uh, Do you think you know, at this at this convention though are there like workshops? Are there like actual like seminars and workshops? Are we learning something? No, like no, are we just like it's more like there'd be panels yeah so i think there'd be like because i'm really thinking of this as like a like a science fiction convention right so so it, there are panels yes yeah, so there might be like let's look at the this specific image that recurs in showgirls okay. or you know let's have a trivia contest or whatever yeah yeah can yeah. i be on a panel of course <laughs> okay that, <laughs> <laughs> All this really obsessed are you, no, no. These these how obsessed are you questions invite a lot of discussion to decide exactly what the situation is. Would you uh, would you cosplay if you were there? Um, yes, it, yes. There is an outfit that Gina Gershon wears, and when she goes to the Cheetah to visit um, uh, Elizabeth Berkeley's character Naomi Malone for the first time, and it's I mean I'd have to get into real good shape, but it's super cute and it's just like this metal crop top with this metal silver skirt. <laughs> it's kind of like chainmail but like a two piece. Okay. And very little. Was yeah. she uh, wearing this for a show or just that's what you wear that's in Las Vegas? That's what she went out. She just went out. <laughs> she went out, and she got a lap, she bought a lap dance for yeah. Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> Dale Cooper. Yes. <laughs> okay, excellent. Would you drive a car that has I Love Showgirls airbrushed on the side? I would drive one of those party buses with the, <laughs> with the stripping poles in the center. Yeah. Is that yeah. in the movie? No. Okay, that's just those no, things that's just my Yeah, that's just my thought of like if I was to drive around. Okay. And something. So you are obviously, because you've discussed it with me, you were loud and proud about your love for this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
and you don't mind like is is it welcome to get into conversations about it so like you're driving around in your car you stop and you go to trader joe's and you're just in the parking lot with your groceries and people are like oh i see your van is and says i love showgirls yeah and they engage with you is yeah. that good yeah like you want to talk about yeah, it? yeah absolutely okay cool yeah because I, I think it's fun to and also like as deep as I've gotten in with this movie of like <laughs> trying to understand, you know, the filmmaker's point of view and the actor's point of view and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, maybe I can share a little bit of that with everyone. So they're maybe they, they'll let it into their hearts a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, the, the, that's an interesting point. Do you feel like you hear a lot that of you mentioned showgirls and people are just like, ugh, it's terrible. Yeah. And yeah. So you want people to understand that there's a way of seeing it that is more enjoyable yeah more valuable yeah for sure because i feel like i mean but you can kind of say that about anything like people will talk about certain movies and i'm like what no like if somebody mentioned the notebook to me i'm out like i (laughs) i'm I'm out that i can't so you see a van that says airbrushed i love uh, notebooks you're like oh you're gonna crash into those people yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i was like don't manipulate me i don't like that (laughs) okay fair enough but that's uh insightful to the obsession level that you really want to engage on it yeah. Sometimes people but love I, a thing and just want to like, it's for me and I don't care what other people think. I just want to keep it to myself. But I feel that way with kind of everything that I really, really love. Yeah. I want to engage on, you know, like I'll have a healthy debate or conversation about anything that I'm really yeah. into, even if it's mundane, you know. Okay. So there's nothing you love that you're like, this is just for me. I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't think so. Yeah. Cool. No. Awesome. Would you buy and wear showgirls pajamas? <laughs> yeah. Or have onesies? <laughs> onesies? If I could find a onesie somewhere, that'd be amazing. <laughs> what would you want the onesie to be? What would you want to be on it? Maybe the scene, the Colin McLaughlin, like <laughs> maybe there's sort of like some three D like image of Elizabeth Berkeley just flailing in the water. <laughs> and you wear that as your relaxing nighttime jammies. Because yeah. every time I walk, it's like, ah! <laughs> time to put on my flailing pool sex jammies. You know what the worst thing about that scene, though, is that they I, waste... I don't. There's so many things. <laughs> to me, they open a bottle of Cristal and then drink a little bit and then just, like, pour it into the pool. Yeah. And it was like... No, can we just enjoy the cocktail first? Yeah. And not waste this champagne that costs a few hundred dollars? Yeah. Now it's just in the pool. Like, I get the opulent, I get the what it represents, but as a person who is frugal and doesn't <laughs> like to waste. Yes. I go, no, if you yeah. don't want to drink it, we'll get a little thing, we'll put it back in the fridge, and we'll get afterwards. <laughs> that little, the champagne cork saver, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing that uh, keeps the pressure in. Yeah, now this is coming back to me now. So, obviously, the waste of booze upset me. But also, and this takes just a second, uh, I had a, a very raucous comedy variety show that I did monthly back in Minneapolis. And uh, the show had as its mascot the wine Carlo Rossi. We drank it one show, and then everybody mm. thought it was funny. So then every show we did some bit yeah. with Carlo Rossi. And at one point, we did a Carlo Rossi taste test challenge where we had people try Carlo Rossi, Franzia, and then I think grape juice with vodka mixed into oh, it. Oh, real nice. And it, it became this, like, everybody's on board of this is what it is. This is a monster yeah. show late at night to go crazy. Yeah. And it would turn into wine fights where people would throw it. And we would end up on the floor splashing it. All of this to oh say, <laughs> after rolling around, there's one time I, I literally uh, hydroplaned on the amount of <laughs> wine. It would get uh, into nether regions. And it burns. Yeah. It burns. Oh, no, it does. So when I saw that in Showgirls, I was like, that's a waste. 
And very painful. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's alcohol. <laughs> alcohol. Yeah. Like you could pour rubbing alcohol. It's the same thing. <laughs> it burns. Yeah. Yeah. Very wasteful. Very painful. No. Yeah, I don't like it. One of the many reasons <laughs> I'm troubled by this film. All right. Would you want to have a showgirls-themed wedding? Hmm. <laughs> a bridge too far. <laughs> um... I I mean it depends on how heavy we're gonna get into it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I'm having a hard time picturing a wedding. The, yeah, you're just like <laughs> functionally. How would one do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's put that to a side um, for a second and just maybe like a after party or something. Maybe okay. the reception has like, oh, she loves showgirls, so let's do like a showgirls cake. It's like okay. Kyle McLaughlin and and. Uh, uh, Nomi Malone, like on as the t- cake toppers or something. Okay, okay, but it is—is is it the kind of thing where you like want to bring your love of it into significant moments of your life, or is it just like if it's, if it's there for fun in the reception? That's that's fun. That's part of your community of fun around this. Um, I mean, I take it with me when I go on vacations and stuff, you, or like, like when literally? I go back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to be apart from it. Well, I'll be like, oh, it might be fun for all of us to do this right now. Okay. So but that's do- still like a sense of community. So that'd be yeah. like if you invited people to the wedding and you're like, real quick before the vows, we're just all going to watch Showgirls. <laughs> I've I've put my favorite scenes together. <laughs> just the best. Yeah. Real quick before the vows. Kids, get out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sensing this is a maybe. It, it might be a maybe. Yeah. It's fine if it's a no because. I just, I don't know. I'd have to, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say no to anything. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, Girls is one of my favorite movies. Okay, fair enough. I'll leave it at that. Uh, we talked a little bit about the sort of debating, discussing, fighting about Showgirls. If someone just constantly mocked it on Facebook, <sighs> and like you'd already engaged, you'd had your discussion, but it's just like they're not even posting at you. They're just posting every day. They're complaining about it. Would you Who unfriend them? Person. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They're just doing it every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've unfriended people for less. <laughs> or blocked them. Maybe. Or blocked. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What? Well, because of because the, the, things like that, like the habitual, like, if it's it, if it's habitual negativity, I cannot deal with it, no okay. matter what it is. All right. Uh, even if it's something that's like, and I feel bad and I will reach out to you in person, but I can't see the personal stuff that's habitually negative on social media constantly. Okay. I get the thing that like people want to show both sides of themselves, yeah, and that's fine. But if it's just always like uh, you're just wallowing in self pity, you're just being negative about this one thing. You just hate showgirls so much that you're just going to constantly. It's the same with Star Wars. It's the same with anything. Yeah, I just go really like. I just don't come need on. the negativity in my no, life. No, I yeah. don't. All right, what is the line then? If somebody uh, complained about it and you engaged in the comments and you mm-hmm. had a back and forth and they just wouldn't relent, would that be an unfriending? No. Oh, but, I mean, the, but the look on your face <laughs> was like, this is a hard choice. It is. Well, I mean, it would have to. It would. Ha- it would have to be a conversation that I've that I experienced. I mean, I okay. can't say you know what that line would be. Right. So it would have to be more about where it's coming from from yeah. the person. It's not just yeah. any random person 
saying horrible things about showgirls and right if they're just being condescending about it i mean i can understand the the argument of uh, the treatment of women and the representation of women in that movie yeah i can argue that for sure yeah and and that'd be a healthy debate valid that it's upsetting and there's a lot of people who just might not ever want to see it but if it's just condescending because you think it's stupid and dumb it's kind of like when people make fun of my football team yeah and you're just being a shit like i just (laughs) no 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 okay like i get it I think that Shut is up. a healthy a attitude. <laughs> Shut up a lot. <laughs> Would you contribute to a GoFundMe to make that Showgirl sequel? <laughs> I thought that, yes. I've had that thought. You've had that thought? I've had that thought. Really? See, well, because it's like... <laughs> Not that Verhoeven would need it because I think because he made Elle that was actually nominated for an Oscar, what, a couple of years ago? A year mm-hmm. last year? So I think he could... I don't know if he could call it Bimbo's. No. Maybe we can like work on the title. Maybe I can help him with the scripts instead of Esther House. Yeah. And get a female perspective in there. Um, but if it came to it, sure, everybody's doing a GoFundMe. Yeah. Zach Braff did it for that shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it was called? That shit movie? Yeah. I can't remember what it was the actually called. The first one called. was two. Shit one and then shit two. <laughs> Strong opinions. Shit from one. From Claudia Dolph. Shitting in The Garden star State. of Show- Showgirls 2. <laughs> Um, so you would, you would, uh, contribute financially. Yeah, I would. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Would you compete in a live showgirls trivia contest? Yeah. Oh yeah. Your yeah. eyes lit up. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it, do you feel like you're bursting with, I know all this trivia. I know so much. And I think it'd just be fun. Yeah. Like, are we dressing up and like, you yeah, know, of course. wearing leotards and yeah, 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 yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> so you would happily do it. Yeah. Happily. Okay. How would you feel if you lost? Would you feel like there's uh, that? Oh, I'm okay if I, if I lose. I'm sure there's so in the spirit of fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not like you're not like my no, ego is invested in knowing no, the most no, about no. showgirls. No, no, no. Yeah. I okay. mean, I probably do, but it's not invested. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're kind of challenging the world there to come at you. Uh, if you could gift a movie to a friend stranded on a desert island and you suspected that they would enjoy showgirls, would you would you pick it out? Like, obviously, showgirls can be a difficult movie. So there's some people like, of course, you wouldn't leave that movie with them. But if you could just airdrop them one movie, which would you... friend? And I'm airdropping. They're stranded on an island, and I yeah. can airdrop. Yeah, I know. This is a complex <laughs> question. I was looking forward to discussing the logistics of this one. Hold you on. can't rescue them, but Hold you can on. leave them a I movie. I can airdrop them. <laughs> yeah. I meant when I said airdrop, I, I didn't mean a, like the phone. Am I, meant I from on a, a boat, plane. like very close to them, going, "I'm gonna send. You, I'm not gonna rescue you, but I'm gonna send you." Something. Here is all right. You want the complex backstory? Here's the complex yes. backstory. Uh, Earth has been invaded okay. by super smart aliens with superpowers who are testing us. Okay. They take one of your friends at random and they leave them. They magically transport them to a desert island, okay. and then just to test your friendship, test human culture, they say, "What movie?" Here's they can this, only have one movie. Here's this, this sweet iPhone. With this I meant airdrop dropping from a plane. Oh, okay. I was thinking airdrop from like your phone to phone. I think that would take a long time for all of Showgirls to airdrop. Let's be serious here. No, it would be quicker than just like emailing it. This is so not the important part of the question. I thought you meant airdrop. By, okay. I meant drop from a plane, but I Got even changed it. that. I retconned it now to super smart aliens. I'm just dropping it. Um, uh, there, that you can teleport one movie in your collection. Would you teleport Showgirls to a friend? Yes, with a caveat to watch it with commentary. Okay. <laughs> but you feel, I guess, the spirit of this question after all of this convolution is... Well, what else are you going to send them? Apocalypse <laughs> Now? That's not enjoyable. Not uh, over and over again. 
setting aside that it is it, it can be horrific and it can be it can be yeah. uh, uh there there are certainly people who are just like i don't ever want to see that period right. so so with all due respect to that uh do you feel like this is a movie that lots of people should see and enjoy yeah it's fun okay the choreography is <laughs> fun the costumes are pretty you know yeah our friend Jack McGee's in it. <laughs> Jack McGee movie. <laughs> okay. Many, many things to recommend, showgirls. Here's the final How Obsessed Are You question. Uh, there'll be more questions, but this is the final okay. How Obsessed Are You. If there was only one copy of Showgirls left in the world, you were about to watch it, but a bear stole it from you, would you try to get it back from the bear? Well, where's he going? Is he going to his cave? <laughs> sure. Like, can we go watch? Like, can I? Go in his cave and we can watch it together. Well, okay. I mean, that seems appetizing. I like to sort of hole away, hibernate <laughs> myself. <laughs> so if you felt the bear was taking it to a cave where you could watch showgirls then hibernate, <laughs> you wouldn't go after the bear. No, I'm okay with it. If the bear walked in and, like, yeah. and the bear said, I'm taking this forever, and then the bear stole it, would you try to get it back? Yeah, I guess. Well, Yeah. I mean, is this Paddington or is this, who is this bear? <laughs> you know what? It's a giant speaking bear with pants. <laughs> with pants? It's got pants. So it's, what's his name? Smokey? <laughs> it's not Smokey because everyone should be afraid of Smokey. Smokey's a murderer. Smokey's a shirtless guy in the woods with his shovel. Smokey is a murderer. Uh, uh, yeah, I would take, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you would try to snatch it back. Yeah. You've got quick dancer reflexes. Yeah, I've encountered bears before. I'm like not afraid of them. <laughs> You've encountered bears before. Well, you know, I've been up north. Okay. <laughs> I've been to Canada. Yeah, all this sounds like <laughs> euphemisms. I've been up north and I've faced the bears. What does that even mean? I told you my anxiety levels were high right now. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right. Can you make a noise to sum up your obsession with showgirls? Oh, gosh. Hmm. I think you'd probably have to make one of the noises from the movie. But it's all—it's also violent, so it, it would just be like something like, ah! <laughs> because that could be like when she's dancing, or when she's flailing french fries, or when she's just like, I hate you! Just like, ah! Like that's sort of, I feel like, the soul of the movie. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a great noise. Uh, I ask people to rate their own obsession. So on a scale of uh, 1 to uh, 700, randomly. 700 being the highest, one being the lowest. How obsessed are you with showgirls? Um, maybe like 595. Okay, so pretty high. Pretty high. Not all the way there, yeah. but pretty high. Because then I would watch it, I think, more. Yeah. But now it's just at holidays. It's just at holidays. Yeah. So is it something that you cycle through? Do you feel like two years from now you'll be like, mm, yeah, I kind of went through my showgirls phase? Yeah, or are you dude, always I've been doing this be... for like 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> And it's just one of your main deep true loves. Yeah. And it, yeah. yeah. And the the how obsessed are you questions is is dumb and silly as they are. They're always fascinating to me because it, it it kind of illuminates not only how obsessed a person is but also just their personality. And you are just <laughs> psycho. You're, no, you're a very gregarious person, and you you know your limits, and you have your rules and your decisions. And I feel like some of the answers were specific to showgirls, but I feel like I could slot in. Lots of different things that you love. Yeah. And sure. so much about this is about you. Of you like, yes, I'm loud and proud about what I love. Yeah. Yes, I'd like other people to share it. Yeah. If they don't like it, yes, they can yeah. shut up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just who you are. Yeah. Because I think people float around that uh, term guilty pleasure a lot with a lot of things yeah. that, you know, that they kind of obsess about. And I just don't believe in that. Like, I don't. No. Like, why would you be guilty if it's bringing you pleasure? Like, oh, that's so yeah. silly. 
Yeah, you can say like I've one of the reasons I find pleasure is this is clearly a project that didn't turn out the way it's supposed to, and that's fascinating right. to it's me. Fascinating. But it's not like this. Like yeah. I should only enjoy fine art, so I guess shamefully I'll enjoy yeah some of this quote some unquote fine bad art, art. Shit, you know, it's yeah. subjective, right? Yeah, absolutely. Ugh, All right, museums. God damn it. <laughs> Five hundred and ninety-five. All right. Uh, <laughs> I want you to plug where people can find you on social media and anything else you want people to know about. Um, you can find me on social media across the board at Claudia Dolph, P-H, not F. Um, uh, I am obviously working, going to pre-production for this movie. Hopefully in the next few months, you'll see more about that. Um, we are starting to plan our CNC variety hour, which Joseph and Sarah have done. Great. Um, so we're going to do the Christmas show coming up. Um, and then let's see what else can I, oh, I'm writing with our friend Dorina Ariano for her super dork house. So we just shot a sketch and hopefully we'll get that up soon. So we're going to meet tomorrow and see how that's looking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, the Super Dork House yep. uh, YouTube page is lots of fun. Yeah. Uh, Drina had me on to do a video that was, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, to do an interview. That was great fun. Yeah. Absolutely. So go check that out. Here's some quick plugs for this, and then we'll do our final questions. Cool. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co host, that is Four Center. Info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com, and you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Info on that is at patreon.com slash Joseph Scrimshaw. Do it. Do it. All right. Final questions. If you could teleport to any one place in the world, what would it be? Where would it be? <sighs> um, hmm. Any place in the world. Um, I would like to teleport. I just have this awesome, awesome memory of being in Cuba two years ago and you hang out at the thing to do like on Friday, Saturday nights is just to hang out at the Malacon, which is like this. It's right on the water and you grab a bottle of rum and, you know, they don't have Internet, like strong Internet access there. So people just go grab a bottle of rum and talk to each other. Wow. And hang out. Like it was so awesome just to be like disconnected and talking to other humans like on a Friday night. Yeah. Like that's what that's what you do. You just yeah. hang out there and you listen to the water and there's people walking by with popcorn to buy and. And yeah, so I'd go back there. Wow. Is it explicit that this is the point of the place to chat with people? Or is it just because there's nothing else going on? It's just a cool bar and people no, chat. No, it's not even a bar. I mean, like, it's literally just on the ocean. Like, it's the entire ocean. Like, that go, the, like uh, I'll, I'll show you a picture after we're done. But it just it, uh, covers uh, the water all across Havana. Oh, cool. So it's not a bar. You just, you can, you can drink on the street. You just go to the gas station, buy a $3 bottle of rum, walk across. And just sit there and chill. Some people are talking. Some people are fishing. And it's just like, there's other pla- there's other things to do. There's okay. like, they have some other cool things to do, obviously. But that's yeah. like the main thing. They're like, that's where you're going to find everybody all ages. Cool. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, teleporting to a rum and ocean and people to talk to is pretty great. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Awesome. If you were an action figure, what accessories would you come with? Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> Like what I would like to come with or what I would come with now? Uh, let's hear both since you think they're different. <laughs> what would you like to come with? What's this idealized thing that you don't think you would have? I mean, probably some kind of awesome weapon or something. Well, yeah. You know? Okay. Um, like a blaster? Lightsaber? Batleth? <sighs> uh, just a, an, a rusty pipe? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I sort of fascinated with like the uh, Mission Impossible James Bond kind of gadgets that are Ooh, like hidden and secret, you know, but okay. then you can just like, I don't know, like blades come out of my wrist all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> and I can just like slash somebody's throat. I don't know. <laughs> Something cute like that. Something, okay. Some, some throat slashing knives. Okay. That's what you'd like to come with. What What do you think you would come with? <laughs> what I would come with is probably... Uh, I don't know, uh, a jug of queso and like <laughs> tortilla pretty... chips and like a cup of margarita. <laughs> That's pretty great. Could you, would you want a jug of queso that has a knife that sticks out of it? That you can, it's a, it's a gadget. You can hit a button and then the knife comes out. No, somebody's just like, oh. And then just like, bam, right in their forehead? Yeah. yeah. It would suddenly shut up. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's good. Well, there you have it. That's uh, Claudia Dolph with stabbing action. <laughs> Final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? <sighs> um, That's a good question. That's something that I've been pondering a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we were talking if, before about it. It's a, it's a stressful time right now, like yeah, in the world. Just there's, like, it, there's yeah. a lot to just be constantly agitated by. Yeah, absolutely. But I think there's also, um, and that's just stuff that we hear about all the time, too. Yeah. I'm trying to make it a focus to, like, really seek out articles. And, like, when I'm very ritualistic, so the first thing I do in the morning is I make my coffee and I read the news. And that can be very overwhelming first thing in the morning, especially with the headlines that we get every day. So I'm trying to make a point to find, like, cool things that are happening. Like, they're using this VR, like an Oculus kind of thing, to help people who are really injured and in pain okay. to have less suffering. And so they transport them into these other worlds and they can suddenly breathe and they're not as in pain as they were before. And okay. I think that's awesome when we don't hear about stuff like yeah. that. So so um, I, think, I think when you talk to people one-on-one, there's also less of all this other stuff that's going on. Yeah. You know in the world so i i I make it a point and i think happiness is just like i don't know at this point hanging out with good people and like and and having conversations that are interesting and wonderful and you know that are challenging and stimulating uh because then you know that there's warmth and care there even if you have different ideal ideologies going on out here i don't know yeah community that's coming up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, no, I think that's a really good answer to, and not, I think one that people would go to is immediately. So I think that was a, a cool path that you took us on to get to that. Cause I think a lot of people in a joking way or a legitimately cynical way would be happiness is other people. No, because we are used to being combative right now. So I think totally. you illustrated really well, like that happiness can be just talking to another person one-on-one. So those Absolutely. defenses come down a little bit. You're not and it can, on, I'm not on team A and you're on team B. We're just people talking. Yeah. And you don't feel alone as much, you know, yeah. like I've gone through a lot of transition this past year and it's like the, one of the big things that I've just makes me the most happy is, you know, talking to my girlfriends till four in the morning. Yeah. You know, just like blah, hashing everything out. And, you know, like, you know, even though like I have some, like one of my girlfriends is way more conservative than I am. We're not going to agree on that stuff, but yeah. we can agree on things that are personal. Yeah. And that make us human beings, you know? Yeah. Politics don't make us human beings, you know, like that's yeah, definitely not now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lord. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to discuss, a lot to be done, yep. a lot that needs yeah. to be done. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, yeah, there's that there's such that separation. Uh, is politics is this like 
thing over here. Well, and not just and, politics, and too. I, just I would say like also it's... just media in general. You know, like media, you know, there's just so much going on of that, of opinion. Yeah. And this is how one thing is this. I'm so sick of, like, reading headlines of, like, oh, this per- we know this person is dating this person because they posted it on their Instagram page. And I'm like, why is that a headline? Like, why is that, <laughs> even in our ether, why is that being put into our brains? Like, yeah. why isn't this just, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think it, for me, I get the I get uh, consternated because I think we've relegated politics to like fighting over Star Wars or being interested yeah. in gossip because it's just this yeah. it's this other thing, and it, it can feel like this great like oh let's not talk about politics let's just talk one on one. But to me, there's like what the but the politics is actually how we decide what happens to sure. every individual human being. So I think yeah. making that personal connection. So hopefully, eventually, it's not as scary that politics isn't taboo who you can just say like i had this life experience where my mom has a pre-existing condition so right. regardless what else you think i really need there to not be but, and that is this so true law. and to be able can, to discuss yeah. it as is humans yeah and reflect like it really does affect us it's not it's not like i can be interested in star trek hockey or politics like yeah. Politics yeah. affects us, but we need to be able to discuss it, and we're not. Right. At that point. And again, like I use my friends who are very conservative, libertarian and conservative, we have conversations that are about politics, but I think we also have a lot of common ground that doesn't get talked about, you yeah. know? And that's where, that's where the compassion and the love comes in. And I think that that doesn't happen out here. Yeah. And, you know, on TV and on the big stages. So somehow, you know, and I think people are actively trying to do that more and more. And I see like Sarah Silverman has that show where she's going into people's houses and actually talking to people one on one. I think people are making more of an effort. I hope that changes things soon. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, we're just going to implode. <laughs> <laughs> Society will fall apart and we'll have more time right. to watch Showgirls. Right. And... It's going to be very dusty. We won't have any water and it'll be <laughs> the Mad Max we've always dreamed of. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We'll just be waiting for people to airdrop yep. us Showgirls or whatever. <laughs> However they you can't interpret airdrop. that. <laughs> They're not close enough, Joseph. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, thank you very much for doing the podcast. Thanks. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Hey, here's another favorite scene. So this is Molly... Uh, who is the only nice person in this movie. She is Crystal's dresser, and she invites Nomi. It's Nomi's first time seeing the show, but she's learned all the choreography all of a sudden by just watching it. But she brings her backstage, and Crystal Connors goes, she needs her her uh, bra fixed. She was like, I want my nipples. Uh, or I have to think about it. What, what does she say? Um, I want my nipples to press, not look like they're levitating. And it's just like a thing that is in my head all the time. Like if I'm like at the gym, I have to like adjust my sports bra or something. I'm like, I want my nipples to press, not look like they're levitating. (laughs) It's just weird. (laughs) 